Welcome to the Leader to Leader podcast. I'm your host, Susan Spears. Our guest today is Latasha Brooks. She is the CEO of AMB Creative Events as well as CEO of Coach Brooks Business Consulting. Latasha, welcome to the Leader to Leader podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited to see you. Uh, folks that are listening, uh, we are located in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. Uh, Latasha has been active with the Chamber of Commerce here and her businesses for a couple of years. She's what we call a visionary member, which means that she really puts a, a large investment into the Chamber of Commerce and giving back to our community. This past year, I got to know Latasha really well. You know what I'm going to say, listeners, right? She went through Leadership Fredericksburg. Woohoo! Best program out there. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. If you're listening, you need to go look up our photos and stuff because she rocked graduation. <laughs> right? I mean, just, just great. But Set a trend. Yes, yes. <laughs> she has been, I would call you a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, she has been at it for about 15 plus years, really. Yes. I mean, looking at her, you look about 21. <laughs> so she started really young, but she's absolutely... Absolutely amazing. Um, she did get her Bachelor of Business Administration from Florida State College at Jacksonville, but we're glad that her life journey did bring her up to the Fredericksburg region. We are thrilled to have her here. Aww. So she's going to share some of that story, and um, we'll have we'll have a great conversation in between. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, so all right, well, we're going to jump right in. So Latasha, tell us about your leadership journey. So my leadership journey is a little bit different from other people. Um, I didn't choose to be a leader. I think I had some great leaders around me and they chose me. And I think that a lot of the times, you know, people see things in us that we don't see in ourselves. Okay. And so um, I didn't wake up one day and just say, I want to be a leader. You know, I want people to follow me. I want to set an example every single day and have eyes watching me at all times. I didn't pick that. I'll never pick that. Um, but I did have awesome people around me that just they knew from the day meeting me that I was going to be somebody special. And so um, I didn't pick to be a leader. So tell me a little bit about where some of those, what were some of those touch points in your journey? Was that high school, college, different jobs? Like where do you think some of those first times where you were pulled out to lead uh, happened? So in middle school, okay. I had to make a very tough decision. And you know, leaders, we always have to make tough decisions. And middle school is hard. Middle school is very hard because yeah. I just want to be a kid and I right. just want to have fun. And I have two older sisters. One is a registered nurse and one is an attorney now. And my oldest sister, they both had businesses. They were running the schools. They were doing all the fun stuff. And I was just a kid. And one day um, I was um auditioning for a performing arts studio and I made it and I got selected. Wait, what were you doing? Were you singing? Or? No, theater. We were dancing. Theater. Okay. You know, dance. I love TikTok and dancing. I'm, and I'm just, I gotta know. <laughs> I've gotta know. You know, I'm a music major, right? Oh my God. So we yeah. can do something together. Right. <laughs> but yes. we're a little bit older now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'll be so great. <laughs> no, it'll be fabulous. It will be funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So oh, the day of the performance uh -huh. was the same exact day that my oldest sister had this huge performance herself with her okay. business. Okay. And out the blue, never saw it coming. She said, I need you. 
And I'm like, okay, 12 years old, okay, okay, what do you need from me? And she's like, I need you. I need you to come, and I need you to run this, and I need you to create this and do this. And then when she finally told me the day, it was the same day as my big performance after making it into that performing arts theater. And I had to choose. I had to choose between helping my big sister, which was something I had never done before in that capacity, or dancing, which is what I loved. Um, and I choose to help my big sister. And that just changed my life. Because automatically at 12 in middle school, I was instilled in some of the things that as a young kid, we don't realize we need discipline, showing up on time, listening to authorities, taking directions, solving problems, you know, being that energy that other people need. At 12, I didn't know anything about that. But my sister was like, she's the one. We need her. You know, people listen to her. Smallest thing out there, but people <laughs> will listen to her. You know, she can think quick on her feet. And at that time, none of that mattered. None, none of that mattered to me. I didn't know anything. I just knew I was going to get to go hang out with some high schoolers. Yeah. And they were doing things that my parents would not have let me done without my big sister. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, yeah, girl, you can go have some fun. Um, but it, it set me up for a um, life-changing experience and that's where it started okay so that was a pivotal moment yeah oh yeah it was I mean we we grew up in um, not the best area and so none of that fun action stuff was happening safely there and so we had to be in the schools or we had to be up under somebody to experience that type of change and so my parents trusted my sisters yeah. you know them being involved in the community already you know it was a way in for me without me understanding at that time what it was doing for me so so it really you, you learned some skills uh, oh, yeah. That were what you call hard skills because yes. they were they were relative to the tasks she asked you to do. Yes, but you also learned soft skills. I did, yeah. I I did, and you know, like I said, I'm an introvert, and so being in front of people and and all eyes on me, it's terrifying. But because it was fun, I didn't understand that then. So none of that mattered. So I got older, and I'm like, wait, I don't want to be in the, in, the, in the front. I don't want to be in the, I don't want this crowd looking at me. I don't want to talk to these people. But because it was started such a young age, it got easier and easier as life went on. Mm -hmm. So so what other opportunities? Because um, I really think leadership and life are all about say, when you say yes. Absolutely. And, and no. And no. <laughs> yes know. and no. But there had to have been a few times where you said yes and it. it yes. It turn the corner for you absolutely so right after graduation mm -hmm. I landed my first corporate job I was the only one so can you imagine being 14 with a car because I was very responsible um <laughs> I, I don't know where I saw that the laws changed but this is in the past so I'm gonna let this go. this is a long time ago but I was okay. 14 in the eighth grade, my dad has this rule that everybody, if you do good, when you turn 14, he'll give you a car. Um, and so I am the third oldest of my mom's kids. And um, so at 14, I was in eighth grade. It was the last day of school. I got to drive to school. Well, I'm, 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 this is in the United States, right? This so is I'm in the United States. Say, do you just look at the car for two years till you're 16? I mean, was there no. a different law in Florida? No, I mean, you get your license at 15. I had my little permit at 14. Oh, okay. And so, but I wasn't supposed to be driving the last day. And I got caught. 
Um, but my parents, they, my dad, didn't, my this was my dad's ruin. So I got caught, and they, awesome. they, yeah, I got caught eighth grade driving the last day of school. But then when ninth grade, I was the only ninth grader with a car, yeah. and I can drive in ninth grade. And so I had to be very responsible. My dad's like, well, I'll give you the car, but you have to work and you have to earn your gas money, and you got to earn changing the, you know, the tire money and maintenance and stuff like that. And okay. so um, I got a good job. Dad. I got a job at fifteen. I was yeah. working at Dunkin' Donuts. That's good. With my one of my that's, older sisters. That's good for you. And so I knew nothing about nothing. Yeah. I learned so many lessons. Like they tell you, go go over there and make the coffee, and you're like, how? Oh, oh yeah, it was fun. I was earning money, yeah. but I wasn't paying taxes. I wasn't doing anything. They were they were just get, taking advantage. Okay, but you don't know any better at 15. And so um, at 18, I was already working. At 18, I landed my first corporate job at AT&T. I was the only one graduating high school with a corporate job. So when I got into AT&T, it was a big old call center. 400 employees in this call center. Some young high schooler just graduating into this huge responsibility setting and grown people and conversations are different and different generations and things like that. And it wasn't within my first year. Um, my supervisor, who was my supervisor the entire five years that I was there, it was a male. His name is Ted Elabash. He is still my best friend to this day. And um, he saw something in me that I didn't see in me. And so I eventually, in those five years of working for AT&T, I became um, the trainer, the facilitator, the coach, and I motivated the teams, and I helped teach them customer service skills. And I took our call center to the number one call center in the world, and I got all kind of positions, promotions, fly out of California to our director's house. I mean, all kind of rewards at a young girl. Yeah. And that started my coaching and teaching and motivating mm. and training and being responsible for other people. And you got to know that's hard as a young adult because not everybody like change. And so and then authorities, you know, it's like this young girl's not going to tell me what to do. I mean, what does she know about customer service? She doesn't even have enough customer service skills, you know, like, but you will be surprised. Uh, okay, there's a, there is a lot there because because first of all, um, that's totally awesome. Um, Thank you. That doesn't just happen. So there's a special talent that's happening with you. Yes. Okay, and then to talk about customer service like that, um, I believe customer service is number one. Absolutely. Uh, most important thing, no matter what in- industry you're Everything in. Everything we do in life. Everything. Everything. I, th- I think it's so great that you were at, at that uh, donut, Dunkin' Donuts. Um, that's a first, like, that, that's kind of life. Throws you right in yes, there. Yes, no you training. Know, my, my first one was Pizza Hut. And, oh, um, even worse. When it, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I remember I didn't know how to do anything. Right, and And they wouldn't, you know, they, were, they weren't. The, this was long ago, but the folks there, they, they weren't super, you know, they weren't nice to you. No, that's my experience. Yeah, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even call me Susan. There was like three people there with the name Susan. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was the, the young one on the totem pole. So oh, they yeah. said, we're, we're going to call you by your middle name. And so uh, nobody calls me by my middle name. So they'd be yelling, you know. Right, right. Valerie! And you just have to adapt I, and adjust. I'd, I'd, and... I'd be walking like, oh, you're calling me. <laughs> Like you don't know your own little name, <laughs> but but you you know you do to your point that you learn so much. But for you to have picked up 
um, so quickly all of those skills with um, and, and turned it into something transferable and, yes. and, and so much success is amazing. But I, at the time I didn't know. So, you know, and, and I'd look back now and I'm always thinking like, you know, when he was so hard on me, show up on time, put that smile on your face. We want to see that side of you and don't let people get to you. And the things that he was really trying and he knew that I love incentives. So, you know, like the chamber, no, I love to eat. And so whenever I did great things, he would bring lunch and we would celebrate as a team and he would ask me questions. And I always felt like, why are you asking me these questions? It's because he knew I can problem solve very easily. And at the time, none of that mattered to him. I'm like, I just want to do what everybody else is doing. They're doing nothing. So I want to do nothing. He's like, no, 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 you're better than them. You can't do what everybody else does. And as a child, you, that doesn't make sense to me. If she doesn't show up to work, I don't have to show up to work either. I want to go out of town or go to the beach or you know he instilled so many things in me that now I always tell him like he's my best friend because I didn't understand then and even to this day being a mother my kids don't understand you know my employees don't understand my friends you know other entrepreneurs they don't understand the things the hard times that I'm I'm helping you with you're going to thank me for later you might not thank me now but I promise you later you'll be like man I didn't realize that's what leaders do for you they help you be great they help you see things in you that you didn't see in yourself yeah that whole piece around really leadership is all about empowerment yes right? yes yeah and, and and so much of it is um characterized where people think it's about me 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 right right well and and to be honest with you to be fair you know I can remember times in middle school where people like you know she's the favorite or times in corporate America where people like why did she get treated so special and at the time, I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding, you know, why, why are people angry at me? I didn't do anything. I don't even know what's going on. I'm trying to figure this out just like you. But it's, it's things that people don't understand at that time. And now I'm like, I had to go through that in order for me to be able to handle people now. You know, had I not gone through, not everybody's going to like you. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and had I not gone through how to deal with people, because as a leader, you have to learn how to deal with people. And people are so special and so different. And, and being an influencer and a leader, I've, I, I'm on to always deal with people. And either I have to learn how or I'm going to fight it. And if you fight it, it always ends bad for you. But if you learn how to be nice, have empathy, you know, appreciate the good, the bad, and the ugly, and not to let people change you, you're never going to get to where you really are destined to be. Well, that's a really big one. I mean, to, for you to say not to let people change you. Oh, my God. It's hard. Dealing with people. Mm. You know, people, you, you tend to become who you're surrounded around. Yes. And so when you're surrounded by people, sometimes it's hard as a leader to say, because I don't club, I don't drink, I don't smoke. I've never done any of that. My mom didn't do any of that. Well, so I thought. So that's a whole nother story. <laughs> and so, you know, um, I'm always different because I don't do those things. So I get in the room and they're like, oh, have a drink. You can just, just take one. And I've had to learn how to say, no, thank you. You enjoy that one for you and me. You know, but I've, I've had to, especially at a very young age, not let people change who I am. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean I don't have to like. I don't know them. How can I not like somebody that I don't know? And it is okay for you not to like somebody and for me to like them. And all of us still have a conversation or all of us to still be in the same room. 
you know, and humans were very good at um, trying to change people, sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a bad way. Some may call that manipulation. Um, and so I've had to learn as a person and as a human that I don't have to become what other people want me to become. I can just be me. And either you're going to like me, love me, or hate me. But either way, that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with you. It does. And that is that is your sweet spot when you are comfortable in your own skin. Yes. Yes. Well, you certainly, um, you have a lot of followers on social media. Yes. Um, I think it's um, how many thousand, Latasha? Um, TikTok alone, I have 182,000 people that follow me just on TikTok. And then another um, 30,000 on Instagram and 10,000 on Facebook and well, 15,000 on Facebook, including the 5,000 I'm friends with. I've hit a million, over a million likes on TikTok. And so whenever I'm active on just TikTok alone, I can reach up to 600,000 people in 28 days. Wow. So it's a lot, a lot of pressure. You know, people get excited about the numbers, but they don't realize that it is a lot internally and it's a lot as a human. Because I'm still every day, I'm still a person, I'm still a human. Yeah, and so... um Probably the TikTok thing happened since COVID, I'm guessing. Yes. Or so maybe a lot of it. TikTok happened. So I'm an introvert and I'm very protective about my family. Sure. So my husband's military. He just retired military. I have two daughters and I just recently had a son. And in my business life for at least the first 10 years, I never showed my family. I've always protected my kids. But then when you become an influencer, that's a part of your life, your business. They become family, too. And so people want to know about your children and how you parent and how you deal with regular stuff and business stuff. And so my daughter's a teenager now. She's 15. And she used to love Dub Smash was one of them. And then it became TikTok. And I knew nothing about TikTok. This was 2020. Knew right. Nothing about TikTok. But to build a relationship with my teenager... She wanted to do TikToks together. Of course. And that's how I started TikTok. It wasn't never about business. I was already a business owner. Um, it was more so of building a relationship with my teenager. But then her and I did a modeling video together that went viral. And she will tell people, if you talk to her right now, she's like, oh, yeah, I made my mom famous, you know, because we did a video together. And in her world, that video is what, you know, changed our lives. And um, then people started asking me questions. You know, and that's what just it just blew up. And the first year was what I would call fun. But then after that, it became work. Right. Keep, keeping up with it. Right. Keeping up with it. Um, dealing with humans around the world now. Yes. Um, and, and everybody needs your help. Everybody. It doesn't matter if it's one of you and 600,000 of them. They feel like they're the only one. And so and when you can't save the world, you become the bad person. And so that was what it was. It, was, it became work. It didn't become fun anymore. And so I would post the video, and then I would disappear for four months. And so that's what it's been like the last couple of years is it's not fun anymore, you know, because now it's work. And it's not about my daughter because now they don't have social media at all. They, they're, they're not even allowed because social media has done so much damage to children. And so now it's like, okay, and I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, adults can't handle social media. So I know my children can't handle it. I can't handle Look what social media has done to me. I'll disappear in a heartbeat. Gone for four months. Y'all are enjoying content from two years ago. 
Um, and so I'm trying to get back into the fun side of it and still helping people at the same time. But all of that was, was within the last three years. Yeah, and so that's a whole side thing that wouldn't have been something that you had initially probably planned Oh, no, at all. it would have never been on my... I'm naturally a fun person. I love putting smiles on people's faces. And so that's how we get through life, by smiling and enjoying it and making it the best that we can. And so, you know, surprisingly, people love me educating them and dancing at the same time. They love that. But when you think about it, that's where my roots came from, dancing and helping people at 12 years old in middle school. But, you know, we just did Leadership Fredericksburg together nine months, and I was always up there kind of doing my goofball dancing. Yes, you were. Girl, you didn't get up and dance with me, did you? I did the first one. Remember you guys said, what would you be famous for? And I got up and I did the TikTok dance, and that was it. That was it because I felt like, and I always tell people this, um, I I was talking to a radio host at the last event that I did while I was at for the chamber, and um, it was so funny because she said, I said, did you do leadership of Fredericksburg? And she was like, no, I don't have time for that. And so we got into a conversation about that, and I said, you know, I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't have time for that. I said, but I will tell you something that nobody else will probably tell you. She's like, what? I said, leadership of Fredericksburg was my safe place. I said, there, I was a regular person. Nobody knew what I did. Nobody knew who I was, you know, and it was real conversations, regular people just developing and, and investing in themselves. Yes. And for so long, I, I'm, I'm problem solving for everybody else, but I never have time for me. And I said, what Leadership of Fredericksburg did for me was, one, it made me every third Friday block my calendar off and do no work. Yes. When you think about that, we as entrepreneurs, we never do that. We never take a day and say, I'm not do- I'm not looking at a computer. I'm not looking at an email. I'm not doing any school. I'm not doing nothing. I'm focusing on developing myself. Humans, we tend to not do that. And so I felt like leadership of Fredericksburg was my safe place. It taught me things that at that time I didn't want to do. I didn't want to slow down. I didn't want to think about work-life balance. I didn't want to build new relationships with new people because I have all these other relationships. And leadership of Fredericksburg, it put me back in position to pour into my own cup while just being a regular person. You know, the stress wasn't on me. The the being there for everybody else wasn't on me. It was all about me. You know, leadership of Fredericksburg is all about us. Yes. And and when I said that to her, she was like, oh, my God, can I sign up now? And I asked JR, I was like, wait, she wants to sign up for leadership. And he's like, oh, no, we just picked the class. And she said, that's so crazy because everything that I was thinking before I did leadership of Fredericksburg, that's what she was thinking. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't have time for that. You know, I can't do this right now. I can't slow down. And I'm like, no, you can. And that's what leadership of Fredericksburg is going to teach you how. Yeah, I always think the right time is is often when you're overwhelmingly busy. Oh, oh my God! If that <laughs> was not the case, that you hit it, you hit the nail yeah. on the head. Because I was so busy. Yeah, I I didn't see myself stopping. I didn't see myself even thinking about me. It's so weird, you know, having lunch, you know, catered to you. You didn't have to pick it. You show up. You do what you're supposed to do. You eat. You network, you do workshops, and you leave feeling so full. How often do we do that? If somebody don't make us do it, how often do you say, today I'm going to let somebody else choose my lunch or choose my activities, or they're going to put me with strangers that live right here by me, but we never even knew we existed? Exactly. 
And now you can't go anywhere where you don't see oh them. Oh, my God. I see Leadership of Fredericksburg everywhere. And it's like the safe place. And I always tell people that it is very safe in this community um, because we have each other back. We support each other. We understand each other now. And so you don't get you don't get that, you know, and so it's my safe place. Good. Well, I'm so glad you did it and that I got to know you better from you being in Leadership Fredericksburg. Yes. So so I will ask you a question around some of the things that you do. Um, let, let me ask you this one. As you think about somebody starting up new um, as an entrepreneur, what, what's the key top advice that a co- couple of things right there on that front end that you think they should be doing? Um, you have to start with some good routines. You know, you, you see online that, you know, be your own boss. Or you see people saying, you know, it's unlimited money. Or all of the, the myths that are out there about entrepreneurship. But to be honest with you, it's a lot of work, a lot of hard work. Yes. You have to be dedicated. You have to learn how to be consistent. Um, because you're taking a risk. As an entrepreneur, every day I'm taking a risk for my family and for myself. And so as a brand new entrepreneur, I would tell someone else to um, get some good routines down. You know, write out a daily to-do list. Don't put more on yourself than what you can handle because we tend to, you know, in corporate America, we're like, you know, they want me to do so much. But then when you become an entrepreneur, you're that same person that wants you to do so much, but you can only handle so much. So instead of putting 10 things on your to-do list, put three things on there and celebrate every time you execute those three things because it is a challenge to even get one thing done in today's world. And so I tell people to celebrate your small wins. Don't get knocked down and stay down. You eventually got to get back up and surround yourself around people that's going to motivate you and push you and that are like-minded because, again, you tend to become what you're around. And so if you're around people that don't want to do anything, you're not going to want to do anything either. That's good stuff. As a leader, what's the hardest part for you? Oh, there's a lot of hard parts. Um, I think humans, and you know, I, I keep referring to them as humans, right? People. I think that even as a leader, sometimes people want you to become what they want you to become. And as a leader, it's hard to say no. And it's hard to do what you feel is right. But as a leader, you have to continue to do what's right in life. Because when you mess up, you got so many eyes on you and so many people ready to blame something on somebody. And so it's hard to be in the limelight and it's hard to stay true to yourself as a leader. And so that's the hardest part, you know, because you're around a bunch of other leaders and a bunch of other people that want to become leaders. And we, for some odd reason, we just want everybody to be the same. That is so interesting. What's your what's your personal brand? What are like the five things when they say this is Latasha? Oh, my God. My my loyalty is one. Um, I'm very loyal. I spend my money with the same people as long as you do right by people. Um my integrity is another. My um, positive attitude and energy is always attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I pour into people, you know, it never stops. And um, growing up, that's what we're taught. 
help people do what you can to make somebody else's life great. Um, and my motherhood skills. I am a great mother. I bet you are. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Oh, that, that is awesome. The difference you make. Who inspires you? Oh, recently, um, Michelle Obama, mm -hmm. because during um, President Obama's term, yes. I got to watch her be a great leader. Sure. With the entire world watching. No doubt. And as a black woman in the position that she was in, being the first. Yes. Um, that is hard. Just regular person like myself in the community, that's hard. So I can only imagine what she went through. And um, hearing her share her story, and because at the time, we didn't understand what she was going through. Right. We just only saw what people poured into us, what the media told us, and mm -hmm. what other people had to say online. But we never really got to understand from her perspective until she started writing her books and right. speaking up. Right. But as a leader, I watched her for eight years during a core time for me um, be a good leader the entire time. That's kind of that's kind of weird to see somebody in that position just be a good person. Mm -hmm. That's because she didn't allow them to change her. Right, right. And so there was a lot in her that I saw that I've resonated with, and I'm like, okay, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Have you gone to see her? I know she's. Oh yes, she's been I mean the, yeah. every book, okay. every opportunity. I'm supporting. <laughs> I'm. I just. I love. It. I love it. Um, locally, my mentor that Leadership of Fredericksburg um, matched me with was a match made in heaven, um, is Susan Coleman. Yes. She is a phenomenal leader. And then, of course, my sisters who got me started um, will always be that leader that I am like, if I don't do right, one of them is coming after me. <laughs> You're so lucky to have them. I mean, that, that's that's amazing. How often do you talk to them? Every day. Every day. We have yeah. a chat. One has moved to Fredericksburg. The attorney, we're going to probably have her here in 2024. And it's a bond that, you know. Oh, there's nothing like it's it. It's nothing yeah. like. Family. Family, you know. Well, people that you know have your back. People that you can trust, mm -hmm. you know, because, again, sometimes people want you to do what they want you to do because they want to benefit off of what happens. But when it comes to my sisters, my mentors, I don't have that problem. I always know that they have my best interests at heart. If nobody else, they are like, and they're also not afraid to put me in my place. And we need that as leaders. We need people that can say, now you know that was not right. Or take that post down, or get out your feelings, girl, because mm -mm, that doesn't work. And so I like that because, you know, I don't want to be surrounded by people that just need me. I want to be surrounded by people that's going to help me grow. And that's what they do for me. My mentors and my sisters, they help me grow. Oh, that, that's just, that's wonderful. I appreciate you sharing all that. Um, oh. Yes, ma'am. I uh, wanted to ask if you had a favorite quote or saying. Oh, yes. Um, or two I, <laughs> or three. <laughs> I just posted this one online that money and emotions don't belong in the same room together. Oh, and I don't know who said that, but I'll tell you where I heard it at. My husband and I love divorce court. Don't ask me why. It's the craziest <laughs> <Okay>. thing. <laughs> 
that's our therapy. I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> well, my husband always says, you know, we're not doing too bad when you watch something like that and you see what other people are going through. And so um, Judge Toller said it first. Say and it again. Money and emotions don't belong in the same room together. Mm. And when you think about it as a entrepreneur, CEO, and a, a mother and a woman, yes, we got a lot of emotions. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. um, we don't know how to control them. And every time I'm put in a situation that I have to make some decisions or I got to think one or the other, I have to make a quick decision. Is it money or emotions? Because both of them can't come in this conversation. And it helps me a lot because it sometimes say, okay, girl, this is a parenting opportunity. This is not about business or money. Or don't make this decision based off of one or the other, or leave your emotions out this conversation because the CEO to CEO talking. Don't let your personal feelings right. come in the way because this is about money. And so um, it has been a game changer for me because it's hard to separate the two, but those two never belong in the same room together. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Um, I am an entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur. And so I just encourage people to, um, first of all, get involved with their Chamber of Commerce. We've been in multiple states with my husband being military, and I've been involved in every single state Chamber of Commerce we've been at. And um, it's nothing like the Fredericksburg Regional Chamber of Commerce. It's, I've never, and I, I brag about this all the time, there's never been an event that I've been at that I haven't made new connections and built new relationships. And it's surprising because I'm almost three years in with this chamber and every even the last event, I met new people, new people that live right here with me. I don't think the region understands how powerful we are together. And so I just encourage people to get involved with their community. You live with these people. You have to make decisions with these people. You have to grow. The community is only as strong as we make it. And so I just, if you're a business owner, please, you know, it's the backbone of small businesses. And even if you're not a business owner, you should care about the business owners and the Chamber of Commerce because we're the backbone of the economy. Small businesses provide 46% of the jobs in America. When small businesses are doing great, the economy is doing great. When you want prices to go down, you got to help the economy. You got to help people. And so I just, I just encourage people to get involved with people relationships are currency and so we need to learn how to get along unite come together and be strong and powerful together well that is wonderful and i thank you for all that oh thank you latasha <laughs> you can see listeners can you see how she meets new people at every event <laughs> i love people <laughs> And people love you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I mean, how many people can say they got to sit down with the president of the Chamber of Commerce to have an authentic, real conversation and to build a relationship? Oh, well, th thank you, Latasha. I was delighted to see that you were coming on, yes. uh, that you're here and that we got to spend this time together. Yes. I learned more about you. Uh, listening to a little bit more about your story, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I knew you were amazing, and now I think you're even more amazing. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so, listeners, again, uh, thank you for being with us today on the Leader to Leader podcast. I am Susan Spears, and our guest today was Latasha Brooks. She is the CEO of A&B Creative Events, as well as Coach Brooks 
business consulting, A&B creative events for folks in the local area. Look it up, check it out, and come out there and see the facility. You might want to have some meetings or events there very soon before it gets fully booked up. Uh, they've created a great event space, and it's right there on the tip of Spotsylvania County here yes. in the Fredericksburg region. So uh, give them some business uh, or reach out to Latasha if you have other things you'd like to follow up with after listening to this episode. And by the way, speaking of the Leader to Leader podcast, if you haven't already subscribed, can you please do so? We'd love for you to hear other episodes with business leaders in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. We thank you for spending time with us today, and we'll see you next time.